in Chinese we have a saying that when one teaches, there are two students, mm. right? So, so me and you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you speak about. In fact, you know, when I was asking you about your highest point, yes. maybe having your children is your yes. highest point. And what about your lowest point? Because you know, yeah. finding yourself was that. Was there any point in time in your life where you felt that was a, a really low point in your life? The death of my sister. Mm. Not a lot of people know about this. I don't uh, speak freely about it because. Obviously, it affects me, and it is quite a trigger. My sister was diagnosed with a brain tumor when she was 18, and we did not know how that tumor even came about till much later. And by then, she had uh, degenerated in her, her sickness already, and it was because of abuse by her ex-boyfriend. We did not know about it till much later. Death has always been a certainty. That's what I like about Anjali. It has to be a certainty. Endless topics that we can talk about. Dying to meet you. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, welcome back to my show. And today with us, we have a very special guest. And her name is Sonia. Hey. I don't think I even know your last name. It's Kurana. 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 Oh, Sonia yeah, Kurana. Yeah, it is exotic. <laughs> yeah. And welcome. And Sonia, I've been dying to meet you. Actually, I got to know you, in fact, I think last month. Where was, it, you, was it that recent? Last month. But I think you've heard of my name prior. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, in some ways, one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yes. And then I realized, gosh, you have a very interesting uh, hobby. Very interesting hobby. And and then it turned out that you are actually the teacher of my friend's daughter. You what know how, yes, right? okay, how the whole universe just aligned, right? Yeah. So just for our audience, uh, maybe tell us a little bit more, what do you do? It's more like what I don't do. Mm. Right? It, it's, uh, it's a myriad of things that I do. Mm. I am a speech and drama and English teacher mm. um, that at an enrichment level. So wherever mm. the company sends me, I go, I teach. Uh, and I'm also a height lead. Mm. I, w- I want to mm. join you. I think height lead is w- something that uh, is probably picking up pace, right? Due to okay. COVID. Yes. So how I got started in all of it, I've been, I've been climbing mountains. I've been trekking mm. since I was a, a young child. I mean, being very outdoorsy. I didn't have one of those mums that said, don't climb this, don't do that. Uh, I led a very adventurous life, even as a child. You know, growing up on landed property, climbing mango trees, climbing over fences, catching snakes, catching frogs, that sort of a thing. So, did not have a controlling mum in that sense. Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, already doing Malaysian hikes, climbing Gunung Ledang and, and stuff like that. I took a break, got married, had kids. Uh, life gets interrupted. A lot of us face that, right? We have yes. these big chunks of our life that go missing when we rededicate ourselves to uh, a different cause. And then now that the kids are big, my oldest is already 22. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Year three. And in, how many in, kids do you have? I <laughs> guess. <laughs> I know your, your number was something that was so impressive that, oh my God, I have a long way to go to catch up. I mean, you marry young. You marry really I young. got married at 23 because oh. uh, my husband's older than I am. Mm. He's almost... Uh, a decade older than I am mm. and he did not want to, to wait you know to have kids and he travelled for work and mm. I, uh, it's, it's a lot of different factors and a large family made him happy mm. so I have four yes oh my god I that's like four. bravo so I have like three siblings right so I always like big family like yeah. 
But it's very boisterous, right? You get yeah. that atmosphere. And he loved it. Whenever he came mm. back from his trips, he mm. walked through the door. All the children would swarm him. Oh. How many boys and girls? Three girls. Mm. And then the last one is the wow. accidental <laughs> That's what baby my mom boy. talks about my brother. Yes. So he's also three girls. And then my brother is the last one. And mm. he's 15 years my junior, right? Mm. What's the age gap between the youngest? And they're the all girl? exactly four years apart. Oh, wow. I have people you tease me it. and say, you have no TV at home. <laughs> because they're all exactly four years apart, like World Cup. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> But some were conscious decisions. And then that last one surprised <laughs> everyone. I mean, me the most. But you at least you have one, like, you know, like, my girl is such a daddy little girl. Like, yeah. everything is... I saw your Facebook post uh, yeah. where she refused to let you hold his hand. Yes. I was so, so tickled jealous. by that. It was like she's, she's so, from day one. Yes. Like, every time I say, oh, let me hold daddy's hand. And then she said, no. And then she would, like, gently... She doesn't say no in an aggressive yeah. way, right? It's you like, see, it's just daddy's gentle. mine. Yeah, daddy, this is my daddy. Yes. Like, if I put my head, yes. like, on his chest... Yes. And then she's next to her, to her uh, to him, right? Yes. And then she's like, "No, mommy!" And then she will push my head like away, like really cute. Like it's endearing, but then you know, as I said, the two of them are my kids. Like I'm taking care. I'm always clearing their shit, you know, like my Emmanuel wow. shit, yeah. And okay. then my baby I, I, shit, of course, is I could always add me. on to that, but let's not <laughs> because that would take the whole the whole session. session. Yes. Yeah. So I I always think that after having one kid, I thought like, hmm. This kid is easier to manage. It's the bigger kid that is harder to manage, you know? Yeah, because they're set in their ways. Yeah. And we have no control oh over what they do. Exactly. Right? You know, at least the small kid, you can tell them no and you can. You still have a bit of a power. <laughs> oh my God, the big one is You the relinquish hard one. power the minute, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you think like four, uh, four years apart is a good age for you to catch up and like maybe you get the eldest kid to teach the second kid and yeah. then the second kid... So there are the two schools of thought. Actually, three. Some people don't believe in having children uh-huh. and then some people believe in very close age gaps mm. because then you look after them all at one shot yes. or like me, I believe in spacing them out because I want to give them um, mm. the ultimate experience that, I, you know, the best of me for mm. that four years. They mm. get that grounding that time with mum before my focus then moves on to the next child yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I think that's true because you always hear like children they have a bit of um, jealousy and, mm. but especially like the second kid comes out yeah. there's a syndrome for it then you've got yeah. middle child syndrome yeah. you know and then you've got the eldest child syndrome mm. then you've got the youngest one ah yeah they are all just names for how <laughs> we deal with these kids exactly. yeah no I'm still learning every day I'm still learning about my daughter how to to take care of her. And isn't it so amazing in that exchange? She's teaching you as much as you are teaching her. Yes. That's why I love it. Like the way, I think one of the things I always felt uh, very comforted to know is she's quite gung-ho like. mm. she's a chongster I've I met her. her I've seen her yeah she's very rugged. yeah rugged yeah. You know, I think next like, year she can come on my hikes yes oh yeah. I, I would love to man and then yes. I want to start her skating like inline skating quite yes. quickly so she's really and that is the sight that I wasn't when I was a kid, I, yeah. I, I asked my mom what was I like, and my mom said, "You're like a cool power, like a crybaby all the time." So, <laughs> so I remember growing up for me was, yeah, wasn't such a. I'm always crying. I'm the second, you know, second child. I have like very limited numbers of photos mm. um, because my mom said, "Oh, you're the second one." So everybody has an album. Yes. I have like maybe five photographs <laughs> or ten. Yeah. So, but I'm never in that. Oh, you know, I get less and all that. I just felt. That that's just who I am, right? It makes you a bit more independent, mm. and and I don't really need that kind of attention. In fact, I, sometimes I just want to hide away, in a way. Um, I don't see yeah. you as an introverted person. 
I am actually. I'm a. I I choose when I want to be outdoor social. Yes. Yeah, it's a switch on switch off thing. Yes. Like if I told you I was an introverted person, would you believe? It? No. <laughs> no. I am really. I I withdraw into myself a lot. I I do a lot of. Uh, thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love to spend time with myself. Yes. Is it odd? No, it's not. <laughs> I think it's quite normal, and it's good that we identify that about ourselves mm. and we're in tune with ourselves enough to know. Mm. Okay, I can turn it on when I have to. When I'm in a social setting, when there's mm. a job to do, yeah. when there's a function to perform, but otherwise we are able to retreat into ourselves, and and that is part of self care. Mm. Agree. Quiet. Think. Read a book. Be in nature. Yes, and, and and in fact, that's something that uh, reading a book. You know, because I used to read when I'm traveling, mm. and because of COVID, you can't travel. So to me, is I need to tune off because when I read a book, I get into it. Yes, I can. You lose yourself in that book, exactly. don't you? Exactly. And then Emmanuel, there was once I was reading a book, and I okay. So I'm a sucker for reading a book before watching the movie, right? Okay. So. So I will like, oh my god, this this movie is out, and then I'll buy the book, and then I'll read it first, and, yes, and then I watch it. My, yes, yeah. and then I want to compare, right? Right. And I think there was once and when I think I, it contributes to your understanding of the show as well. Yes, and it? then I would sort of make a judgment, like of course everyone says, oh, the book is always uh, better, right? But but there's also some movies that sort of throw me away, like oh, okay, now they focus on different parts of the book, mm. which I didn't think of it that mm. way, right? Yeah, but you're I, also I very be. active, like yes. hiking. I think one of the high that I hope one day I could do is uh, Kilimanjaro okay. but I don't think I I'm think that's like 3,000 metres above sea yeah. level because I mean, Emmanuel went start. for it but yeah. then, but then you he don't, told me about it yeah. Right? Yeah. you don't have to try and play catch up like it's not a competition uh, the real competition is, is yourself yes. right so hmm. the, the real and competition is yeah. yes Oh yes, it requires training, yeah, low training, training, carrying your own packs, and then of course there's the easy way where you pay a porter. Mm. But where's the fun in that? No, I think he paid Actually, a porter. He, he paid a porter he did to carry all the food and all that. So must, then like, I know how you're gonna up him already. You <laughs> carry your own bag. You don't pay the porter, and then you know that learning is in that suffering, in that journey, being able to put one foot in front of the other, and it's full concentration. Yeah, and that's the that's beauty my... about climbing, about doing these things. Mm. So I'm a full. I, I can't say full-time. I'm an event host for mm. this company called mm. Adventures Unlimited. And we are going away on their inaugural mm-hmm. overseas trip since COVID first began. Ooh. When is it? Uh, November. Uh, uh, could you share where you're going? Yes, we're going to Germany. <gasps> because there's oh, this yeah. whole VTL thing, right? I Thanks know, to COVID, you can't go anywhere else. Uh-huh. And uh, there's, you, you have to book a VTL flight And mm. there's only one a day And it's on specific days mm. So you've got Brunei, you have Germany So they're launching a German trip And because I'm an EH, I am going on, mm. on that one And I'm so looking forward to it I remember exactly when I was called back into Singapore I was climbing my uh, one of the G7s Which is the seven hardest mountains in Malaysia mm-hmm. I, was, I was climbing Yongbala It's a two-day, one-night okay. climb and I got the phone call, Sonia, come home. Borders are about to close. Oh, that's two years ago. That was one and a half years ago. It was March oh. 2020. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Oh my so God. I got the phone call. I said, <gasps> yeah. You know, the call was, I know you're climbing. You have to come home. Borders are closing. 
And I came back that very night. And on Wednesday, three days later, uh-huh. borders shut. There was this mass exodus from yes. Malaysia back into Singapore. Everyone was flying in from everywhere mm. to come home before the borders yeah. closed. You could, I think the queue was quite horrendous. It like was. My I was getting updates from yes. friends, people who were still stuck outside. And, mm. you know, it was playing out. And it looks very apocalyptic. Mm. You know, it's like everyone's rushing home. There's this panic in the air. Nobody really understood yeah. very much about COVID, what the governments were going to do. Mm. And it, it, it was an evolving situation. Mm. So I remember clearly, and then when I came back and I thought to myself, ah, it'll pass, you know. The most important thing is you look after your own health. There are aspects to it that are within your control. Mm. But, and you know, since then, look at where we are. <laughs> do you even remember what your passport is for? So, uh, you know, I, I'm toilet actually... Toilet paper. Uh, yeah, toilet <laughs> No, my expired passport. Yeah, I think <laughs> didn't have much stamp actually. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually going back to. I'm going to France, not back, but I'm going to France. When is this? Um, well, we don't know when the time this recording Christmas goes. Time? But no, 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 just next week. Next, okay, next week, week, and how long are you gone for? You know, uh, just two weeks. Yeah, everyone says it's crazy. I should stay for one month. But is there a quarantine you have to fulfill when you're there? So no. So you see, everything out of Singapore yes. is sort of going back. Yeah. So they're they're going back to an endemic sort of a lifestyle, mm, allowing exactly. the the virus to pass through the population, and mm. whoever is strong will survive, and whoever needs to be, unfortunately, it sounds mm. horrible, culled. Yeah. Yes. Or you know, if they succumb to it, Correct. and they weren't strong enough. Yeah. I mean, natural selection, really, really. Yeah. It's it's really hard. I think um, for pandemic, and we're talking about heightened uh, numbers of people passing mm. just you know but do you realize it's, it's generally people with pre-existing conditions you know, mm. chronic uh, diseases and Correct. illnesses that yeah. are you know whose immunology is already their immune systems are already compromised mm. and uh yeah you know like Sonia, in the last few months i think uh, we see an increased number of death because of covid and also the daily rate has yes, also shot up, up right it's gone yeah. up to into the Three thousands. Yeah, exactly. And then you know you have to understand the thing about viruses is that mm. as it is a living thing, and like any living thing, it wants to ensure its continuity. It wants to survive. So every time it mutates, it mm. is an attempt at continuing to live. And it, and each time we're we're now into what uh, inoculating a certain demographic with the mm. third shot, which is the booster, booster shot, shot, right? Yes. But are we keeping up with every single? cycle of evolution mm, of the absolutely. virus yeah and in fact you know when as a funeral director actually I have my own fair share of fear as well right mm. because uh, in the beginning of COVID whenever people yeah they read articles and something that I felt it was quite insensitive was people asking me like oh so how is COVID uh, do, uh, how are you doing with COVID time you know and, and you must be booming and that's what everyone thinks like you yeah. must be booming and then I will look at them like, how insensitive could you yes. be? Okay. So wrong choice of words. I guess so. I think there yeah. is a real curiosity mm. coming from that point of view, that perspective. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like from that side of it, what are you experiencing yeah. and, and what are you seeing? And that's why podcasts like yours, mm. you know, you don't just talk to your guests, but at the same time, you are speaking about what you do absolutely. And, and what you see. Mm. And I think there is a genuine curiosity yeah. about that. It, 
In fact, I think on that side of the yeah, coin. and and you know when I look at when we first started with COVID last year, uh, we hear <coughs> countries like Europe, right? You see, like Spain, Italy, in United States, they have to put the departed or the COVID death into a skating rink or even like a forty-footer refer container. Mm. And then uh, there was one picture that really got stuck in my head, where it was like hearse, all the funeral hearses. Yes, they were all like. In queue to go into the crematorium. That's so sad. Though. That right. is so sad. So and, and that must be a very moving image. Also, yes, it, it's, it's stuck with me, right? And then recent, you know, this few weeks, we are experiencing more deaths. Like yeah. last week alone, I took care of three COVID deaths, and one particular case really, really got to me was when I met with the family. In fact, at first I called, uh, I spoke to them over the phone, and it was only one sister who was not under QO. And she said, like, I'm the only one that will be, you know, doing all this. Can the funeral wait? And, and you know, there's a lot wait of... Wait for everybody else correct, to complete to their QO. Co- correct. Yes. And, and in the hospital, uh, there's some hospital that practice, like, okay, you know, you can have the departed resting in the refrigerator for... In the morgues, right? Yeah, in the morgues for, yes. for maybe maximum one week. So, yeah, every one of us need to practice that kind of exercise, that kind of level of empathy. Yes. So, it was Because these are very special times. Exactly. And... and and you know just because the person passed away due to COVID that's even sadder for everybody because the reason is first you can't touch them yes you can't see them mm-hmm. for the last time mm-hmm. and they, the, by the time you saw them they are already in the double back and yes. they are sealed yes. in the casket correct so it was really hard when I, I met them and she, she was telling me that oh my dad is in a facility centre and I said, okay, uh, when is your dad going to be discharged? She said, likely Monday. So I said, great. So let's schedule the transfer of your mom on Monday. Mm. And then we hold a three days break. Your sister's QO will end on Tuesday. Yes. Then we have a funeral on Wednesday. Yes. So great. There's an entire schedule that yes. you have to follow. We have to follow, right? Yes. And then when I met her on the first day and she actually shared with me what happened, mm. it really made you feel really sad because mom wasn't the one who was COVID positive. It was actually dad. But because of the heightened, you know, number of cases, remember, like, I mean, now if you flip on straight time, you will see that if you're tested positive for your ART test, you actually isolate yourself at home. At home. Right? In a room that preferably has a bathroom. Bathroom, yes. yes. But um, they actually wanted him to isolate at home. Mm. But the thing is, you know, they have another vulnerable, which is mom. Yes. And mom is actually a uh, cancer patient that mm. is recovering. So oh, you know what I mean, you know, right? Yes. So deficient in so they they have to write into the minister. They have to try to call MOH, and of course, it's not working. Mm. And they have to ask for their father to be transferred to a facility center. Mm. So when he was finally transferred to the facility center, yes, mom actually collapsed that night in the uh, in the toilet. She already contracted it. Correct. And then they brought her into the check her in straight away into the hospital. Yes. Discovered that she has she's. COVID positive yes. Transfer her over to NCID And then she passed away that day So so can you imagine Like when I saw her husband I really felt for him yes. Like this but, man but So he Okay I, I understand where you're coming from mm. And if you put yourself in that position And be empathetic about that Right He passed What he had he exactly. was clearly more able to deal with it and she was not. Mm. So is there going to be guilt? Yes. You know, did, was that something you witnessed as well? 
So when I saw his, um, when I saw her father, I felt there was a moment where, yeah, you know, it's really sad. And uh, so she, he managed to see because he was released from the facility center, and instead of going home, he came straight to the morgue. Yes, because that's where we were transferred. So just for the, you know, the listeners, if you don't know how a funeral director have to take care of a COVID death, uh, generally what we have to do is we have to be suited up in a full PPE. Yes, we go to the morgue, we bring the casket. Already, so then we were. There's no dressing. There's no makeup because the departed will already be dressed in the ward mm. by the hospital staff. Yeah. So that's why the final outfit has to be given to the hospital staff instead of us. Mm. So the nurses were dressed upon uh, the passing, dress him in a final outfit, double back the departed, yes, and then bring to the morgue. Yes, and then because we we don't know how virulent the virus exactly. is, uh, for how long it remains yes. active. And therefore, you have all these procedures: the double bagging. Yes. You don't get to see the you disease for that yeah. last time. Yeah, because of exposure. You can't. Yeah. Yes. So did you did you know like in Bukit Brown? If you mm. go for a Bukit Brown walk Trip. and and you look at the graves, some of them have a cemented mound, mm. and it is to keep the deceased were infectious, had infectious oh. diseases, and it was to keep them. This double bagging that mm. you speak about was practiced back then as well. Wow. So they cemented it to keep. Whatever the infectious whatever diseases they yes. were carrying oh. in the grave. Yeah. So in in fact, when we had to, so when the funeral director goes in, we wear our full PPE, uh, go into the morgue, we place the departed in the double bags, mm. um, into the casket, we place whatever clothing the family members gave us to place it, you know, to for the departed. Then we have to quickly seal it. Yes. So in and out, we take about less than ten minutes, right? And then we have to seal it, mm. and. Disinfect the entire yeah, casket Because you have to lessen your exposure Correct well. uh, But thank God the father The husband was there to actually witness And even though we told him Like you can't touch the casket He can't help right Of like, course yeah, not There's a certain can't. amount of grief And this yeah. is his wife of how many years yeah, Exactly you know? So you know Sonia What is your I mean you've gone through quite a fair bit in your life What would you describe as a high point of your life? High point in my life or yeah. even in your career, in what you do. Okay, so earlier I, I told you what it is that I do. Uh, I took a very long break. And, mm. you know, to have my children, to look after them myself, because my husband travels for work, and I was the anchor at home. Uh, people talk about leaving a legacy. Mm. When you're no longer on this earth, what is it that you leave behind? I leave behind little miniature versions of me, mm. my four children. Mm. And, and in them, uh, people will remember me. When they look at my kids, they'll know. That has Sonia's hand in there. Mm-hmm. That one looks exactly like her. That one behaves exactly like her. And, and so on and so forth. But I don't have very much else to leave behind. Because for 20 years, that's all I did. I pumped mm. all of this, all of me. Every single value, teaching that I have went into them. Wow. Not into a business. Mm. Not into my self-development. Not into other people, but my children. Yep. And it is downplayed in society, the roles of mums, the mm. roles of uh, stay-home uh, parents. Yes. Yeah? I don't want to be sexist and say that this is only applies to mummies. No, I think <laughs> it, no, it applies to dads as well. Absolutely. Dads who choose mm. to give up their high-flying careers to stay at home and look after their children. Mm. People underestimate the amount of effort and time required to bring children up. Mm. And I'm very passionate about this. I'm, I'm, I'm also about women empowerment. And after 20 years, I felt that Sonia being put on that back burner had disastrous effects because I lost myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. Interacting with children was just not enough. I needed more. Mm. I wanted to have adult conversations. I, I did not feel like I was being 
fulfilled in that worldly way. You know, there was I was stagnant, I was dying inside. And about seven years ago, from now, from this point, I started a, a small home-based business. Mm. I baked and sold cookies. Nice. But the the hook in that is I packaged them very nicely in Italian glass jars. They were very presentable. They had a story, and I had a recycle. A recycling message tagged to it. If you return the jars, you get $4 off your next order because you're using your jars. So we're not wasting plastic. It's glass. It's recyclable. And, you know, and that's also how I had that story behind behind it. And they were presentable jars mm. that you could use for a whole bunch of other different, different things. And I started that. And in that first year, I made... $20,000 for myself. Wow. Pure profit, uh-huh. right? I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm out to fleece people, but I am providing you with a service and a product. Mm. And I, I made something for myself. And unfortunately, society places worth monetarily to the way you see yourself. Because I'm not paying taxes, the government doesn't think very much of me. Mm. And, and, and that's very sad. So it was a rediscovery of self when I embarked on that seven years ago because I felt like I lost myself. I enjoyed working. I was good at what I did. What were you doing before you... I, I worked for the Hyatt, for the Hyatt Hotel oh. and I started a kids club for them. Oh. It's called Camp Hyatt. We've had Camp Hyatt in resorts okay. but it's like the hard rock where you drop your kids off and then you leave them and you have minders and, and mm. people to look after the kids, the, the people who run the programs. If I want to jump on, I think last week uh, on Sunday Times there was an article about the value of housewives. Mm. You know? And I think that's true because I have a friend who uh, became... She lost a job when she was pregnant. Yes. And then she was taking care of her daughter for like two, three years. Yes. And I remember telling her like, you lost herself. Like, she was me... She met me and I could sense this like she really lost herself. So I actually introduced her to Vipassana meditation. I said, I don't know whether this helps you, but it Mm. helped me. And I think you should go for it. And she did go for it. Mm. She came back. She landed herself with a headhunting job. Mm. And she's doing really well. Yes. And she found herself again. Yes. She was like a high fire when she before she got pregnant mm. and she was earning tons of money and she could support herself. Mm. But when she became a housewife mm. and she kept telling me like, you know, of course, like the husband would be more comfortable. Like it's only single income, right? So the husband sometimes would be more um, conscious about like how much to give his wife. And it's not like an allowance because he's mm. not... He's not giving her an income, right? It's yeah. supposed to it be is an allowance. Exactly. It is an allowance. So she was like asking me, like, how do I demand more money from my husband? I Ask. Like, <laughs> I said, you should just tell him, like, yeah. work it out and all that. You know, so that's a misconception that society mm. has. There is no value placed on uh, the sacrifices a mum makes, right? Yes. We, we as women, whatever it is that we are given, we multiply, we give it our everything, mm. we are nurturers. It is built in us. We are coded for it. But there's no dollar value that you can attach to that. And unfortunately, in society, because we are viewed as non-contributing, we're not paying an income tax. So the government doesn't even look at us as Mm. a number. We're not even a statistic. You know, we're not even that digit. So it it messes with your mind. It messes with how you see yourself, that self-worth. And it's very important that we, if no one is going to do it, that we do it for ourselves. And I went through that. So in starting that and then going back into the workforce, doing these different things, yes, I freelance all over the place, Mm. but it keeps me busy and it gives me that stimulation that I require. Mm. And it needs to be talked about. More people need to talk about it. Yeah. And how did you find that? 
like that turning point. There must be something that triggered that, like you know, this is not something. But my children are not going to need me forever, mm. right? Where does that leave Sonia Kurana when her children are all big and married? I am not going to sit around and look after their children. That is their job. It's mm. not my job. Mm. But what happened here? Did I invest enough time in myself? Did I keep up with the times? Am I going to be re-employable? Yes. All those were scary thoughts mm. because then it, it touches your core. How valuable are you? Mm. You know, where is that self-worth? When you've placed yourself on that back burner for so long, are you still relevant? Yeah. Are you even relevant? So what is your advice for all those ladies or uh, husbands who are, you know, being entrusted in, in, in communicate. 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 Don't go silent. In every relationship, it is uh, that, you know, don't downplay communication. Mm. If you're not happy about something, raise it up. I think I am, I, I wouldn't call it a victim, but there were circumstances around me and mm. I paid I made that sacrifice. I cannot say I was forced into that situation. They were conscious decisions. But would I have done some things differently for the children? No. But would I have invested more time into my self-development? Yes. Mm. Should I have arrived at that point sooner? Yes. Could communication be improved? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So communicate. You're not happy about something, raise it up. Mm. You know, don't fight about it. Have a discussion about it. It's never a versus mode. It's let's have a discussion. I'm not coming at you. You're not coming at me. But let's talk about it. Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, it's communication and also um, having that awareness, mm. you know, that, yeah, you really need help or yes. even just... And don't uh, be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. I think the afraid, uh, that part where people, the fear, mm. the people often, they always feel like, oh, what if I were to voice this out? You know, people, the society would think, would think that I'm useless. Mm. Or what if I say this, you know, what happens? And, and, it's and such a vicious that. cycle, honestly. Is, right? And if we were to place too much attention and give it too much priority what people say then where on earth are we going to find our own voice right we have to drown out all those other voices and our voice has to be louder than others so i've made it a point in my life to be a walking talking example of doing what i love what i'm passionate about and what i believe in mm. and i'm a very loud person i have this hashtag on instagram it's called loud proud leo because i'm a leo i'm born <laughs> in that month um and i do not want to be afraid to laugh out loud to be happy in what i'm doing and shoot all those naysayers down mm. in what i do as a height lead you know people pay me to bring them into these experiences and i don't believe in just going from point a to point b mm. it is a full experience and there's a lot of teaching that goes on it's a lot of exchange mm. i learn from you you learn from me i do not claim to know everything in chinese we have a saying that when one teaches there are two students mm. right so so me and you yes absolutely yeah so i mean you speak about in fact you know when i was asking you about your highest point yes. having your children is your yes. highest point and what about your lowest point because you know yeah. finding yourself was that was there any point in time in your life where you felt that was a, a really low point in your life. The death of my sister. Mm. Not a lot of people know about this. I don't uh, speak freely about it because obviously it affects me and it is quite a trigger. My sister was diagnosed with a brain tumour when she was 18 and we did not know how that tumour even came about till much later and by then mm. she had uh, degenerated in her, her sickness already. And it was because of abuse by her ex-boyfriend 
we did not know about it till much later. Okay. And when the details of it came about, we were indignant and we were angry. But by then, she was very sick. She had a frontal lobe uh, tumor. It was inoperable. So she was on a lot of uh, medication mm. to control the seizures. Uh, but as you know, with everything in excess, like medication, your kidneys are going to suffer. Mm. Your vital organs will take a, a very big hit. And every time the amounts got too high, her blood was poisoned. And then we stopped the medication, but then that would increase the seizures. So she never, for the next 10 years, she didn't have a normal life. She was like a stroke patient. And over mm. that time, it got progressively worse. And uh, to see someone that you share so much with, right? I'm not very close to my sister. I have to be honest about that. We disagreed on a lot of things. I'm very set in my ways. She's a very stubborn person. And, but to be that caregiver, because my mum wasn't here at that time, she was in the US, trying to get a green card for my sister so that she could seek medical treatment there in the US. And while my mum was doing that, I was holding fort here in Singapore, bringing her to her monthly checkups, getting her medication, speaking to the doctors, and all of that. But to see her in that state, this vibrant, energetic, feisty girl mm. slowly degenerate into a vegetable, like a stroke patient. Yes. That was not easy. That was not easy because you feel very powerless and you feel like you can't help. Mm. And I think my lowest point in that relationship with her was picking her up from the home, because mm. the maid, we had a full-time maid look after her, because she, she needed help in every way. She already wore diapers and, mm. and all of that. And getting that phone call from the helper saying, Kaka, Kaka, you have to come, you have to come. She took all of her medication at once. She tried to commit suicide. She did not want to live. And I can't blame her. If you're stuck in a body that you have no control over, but your mental faculties are all there. Yes but you have trouble communicating, you have trouble controlling every bodily function, would you want to remain in that state? Yeah. Or would you in sheer frustration, like she did, pop all of her medication and try to die? Mm -hmm. And that's what she did. And when I got that call, I rushed there, picked her up. I didn't even, I, I couldn't think. There, there was just no time to think. If I call for an ambulance, would that have been wiser? Maybe on hindsight, but I... It was just get in the car, get there, pick her up, send her to the A&E. They pumped her stomach out. They kept her. But, uh, I mean, she survived it. But from that point forth, we couldn't leave medication around her because we knew she would try it again. And it wasn't long after that, I woke up one morning with tears streaming down my face. I dreamt that I was her, that I was stuck in this body and... I had so much to say and I couldn't vocalize it and I did not want to be in this body, this unresponsive body. Why? Why am I stuck in this body? Why won't my hands respond? Why is it that I can't go to the toilet by myself? Why can't I shower? Why can't I say what I want to say? And I woke up with tears streaming down my face. And then I finally understood, like that is the hell she is stuck in. Mm. And I did not have a very clear idea of how she was suffering, stuck in this situation, in this body. And so when she, when she finally passed away, she stopped breathing. Mm. And when she finally passed away, 
I wasn't sad. I was actually happy for her. She wasn't stuck in this. She had gone through the entire gamut of every possible medical test. She'd been poked and prodded. And there was no good news in sight. And her situation just kept getting worse and worse. So when she finally stopped breathing, I actually felt relief. Because I knew what she had gone through. Mm. In that state, in that dream, was she trying to communicate with me? Was she trying to make me understand? I understood. And so when she finally passed away, I felt a great sense of uh, relief. And that is why I do not take anything for granted. I don't take my health for granted. I don't take every opportunity that comes my way for granted. I have a chance at life. I'm going to take it. Because mm. I have no clue when I'm, I could be like her. Absolutely. Where I have choice taken away from me. She had no choice. She did not choose to be in that position. Yeah. So, that was my, that was my low. Thank, thank you for sharing. I know it's not it's, easy. You know, just digging. I, I don't talk about it often because it affects me. And Absolutely. But it is also why when I look forward and I, I jump on every opportunity to live life, to experience life, it's knowing that I have a finite amount of time on this world, mm. in this world, on this earth. And it is with that attitude that I go forth Absolutely. and embrace yeah. everything that comes my way. And I want my children to understand that as well. Mm. And I think, you know, thank you for sharing because I think it's, you know, as you, every time we talk about losing our loved one, it felt just as raw as... It you, always is. Yes. And yes. our coping mechanisms is that we bury it. We bury pain mm-hmm. and we layer it with all mm-hmm. sorts of things. But, you know, once in a while, when I go back into that, into that memory, it reminds me, it reminds me of why I have to look after myself and I have to do things for myself. Mm. You know, it's, it's, I mean, in our earlier episode, we talk about mental wellness. Mm. And it really makes me wonder, you know, between physical wellness, mm. between mental wellness. Yes. Yeah, what, which, you know, if I have both, like, yes. what could I have, right? Yes. If you could only choose one. Yes. And you, you can't just say someone who's physically, you know, if, if let's say, example, physically they're disabled. But what if, what about the mental mind? So... Why I would say the focus should be on that mental aspect is because it's mind over matter many times. Mm -hmm. It's having that correct attitude. It's having the people with the correct attitude around you, supporting you. That that forms the very basis of how you're going to look at life and how you approach life. Because you, again, sometimes you don't have choice with the card you're dealt with, you know. Being having that mental fortitude, even and having that great support system, I think that makes a world of a difference. Mm. But not enough focus is on caregivers. Mm. I was a caregiver for my sister, Absolutely. nobody asked how are you doing, how I was doing, and maybe it's because I didn't ask. Maybe that's my fault, too. Mm. Maybe I did not vocalize that. You know, my mom did ask, but. I'm not going to tell her how this affects me because she's over there trying to do something else for my sister. Am I going to diminish her effort? No. And do I want her to fly back because she thinks that I'm not coping? No. Yes. Oh, wow. So it's that everything in moderation, right? Mm -hmm. We look after ourselves in in best possible way. Uh, And this is not talking about the cards that we're dealt with if we begin from a disadvantaged 
point and, and all of that, all other conditions being equal, mental, physical, I think they go hand in hand. Mm, absolutely. And if we have control over both, and both of them match up and sync up, or if one is slightly less than the other, then let's bring that up. Mm. Let's, let's seek help where we know we can. Let's talk about it. Let's have conversation about it. Let's raise awareness about it. A lot of times people are, are, are quiet and they suffer in silence and that's not right. Correct. If you look at all my social media, you'll see why I share the way I do. Mm. I, I don't just want to talk about the great times. I want to talk about the difficult times. I, I did speak about having perimenopause, how I've hit um, my highest weight <coughs> and how it bothered me. Mm. I, I'm not going to shy away from difficult conversations and I welcome it. I welcome difficult conversations and discussions yeah. because in that discourse, I'm raising awareness. I could be helping you because you're... Yep. You are talking about something? Absolutely. Mm. So, I mean, thinking about what you share, um, have you actually, you know, you, you use some words that the advice to people is you don't take life for granted. Mm. And, and having said that, what about farewell for you? You know, I, I mean, having to say farewell to our loved like, one is never easy. No, it's not. It's not, it's not easy. Um, how do you close that chapter? Yeah, right? because we all you know, read so right? much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want a cliffhanger. You want a nice resolution at the end of that story, right? What a beautiful. But when ending, we pass, yes. let's say for instance, um, okay, so death is never anticipated. We do mm -hmm. not control how we die. If I were to go, I'd like to go doing something I love. Mm. You know, let me die up on a mountain or something. <laughs> or I don't want any disease, any degenerative disease. Do I have control over that? No, but if you're asking for a wish list, I'm going to tell you my wish list. Yes. And it's that I want to go doing something I love and I want people to celebrate my life. Mm. She, was, she was this and she was that and she was jovial and whatever. She was loud. I don't <laughs> care, you know. Um, but let me be remembered for my happy moments. Mm. You know, I, I think that's the best way and that's what I always feel that that's celebrate. more celebrate let's life. celebrate the life that we had there's no denying it we are gonna go mm. we came we had that time and we're leaving yes it's very transient yes. there's, there's, there's no two ways about it can we live forever no are people gonna chase that yes are we gonna try and delay aging hell yes <laughs> but you know ultimately you are gonna have to go let's go out with a bang nice. doing I, what we love and what about like your funeral like have you thought about how your funeral is, is going to be like well I, I want it to be a celebration uh -huh. you know where uh, would it be would so, it be in Singapore okay so let's say for instance I'm climbing some mountain okay, <laughs> okay. and I happen to fall off that mountain or uh -huh. roll off that mountain or trip off that mountain uh -huh. whatever that variation <laughs> is okay. bury me there bury you there don't bother bringing me home because this body is just a vessel. Mm. Everything that I stand for and everything that this soul encapsulates, let it be free. Oh, that's beautiful. I, and I think that's something that um, a lot of people, sometimes we're so afraid to talk about it. Mm. But, you know, in, in every religion, we, we celebrate know, birth. Yeah. Why yes, not celebrate exactly. death? Absolutely, right? And then, like, we know that for Christians, we are going back to the Lord. Mm. Uh, for Ch the, the Buddhists, right? The Buddhists believe that um, this is just... Reincarnation. Yeah, reincarnation. Yes. But this is just your shell. Yes. And you don't need this yeah. shell. What is your essence, right. really? Yes, right? exactly. This, right now, it's living tissue. Mm. But once you, you pass away and that essence leaves yeah. you, it will 
rot. It is. So it's like being yeah transit and and being you know being alive. In people's memory, I think that has that is eternal. Yes, that is eternal. <laughs> you live on forever. Uh, yes. That's why when I spoke to you about legacy, I know my time on this earth is limited. Let me do what I enjoy, mm. right? And then my legacy is going to live on. It's going to mm. live on. My name may have been forgotten, but you know when when people talk about you and when they remember you and they see you through your children. So, what about your obituary? How mm. do you think your obituary will be like? She died on a mountain happy. <laughs> How's that? So yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. she died. She died doing what, what she, she loved, loved yes, right? Yes. Let us celebrate her life. Absolutely. Right? And it's so interesting I say that because, you know, my my husband's um, boss passed away this year. And he uh, so, you know, Emmanuel is a arbitration uh, international arbitration lawyer mm. and then he got news that his his boss died. And he died during a hearing. And the first thing Emmanuel said to me was, at least he died doing what he loves. Yeah. Because his life has always been in arbitration, right? Yes. And, and yeah, he's going back for the memorial service um, in France. But that, you know... Is that, that why you're leaving for two weeks? Uh, that that he's part of lo- He's leaving first, and then I'm joining him after. I would want to attend because I know the boss, and he's a really amazing guy. Mm. But, you know, again, sometimes we always feel like time is... We, we, we always say we are running out of time, you know, this saying that we're running out of time. But we really, you know, every time I talk about time, it's mm. like, how do you measure time? I'm not even going to look at time. Exactly, right? Don't look at it. Yes. Time moves faster when you're looking at it, when you're mm. keeping track of it, right? Just enjoy, enjoy. the moment. It's absolutely, you know, right? just enjoying the moment. And even just like, uh, we were just having this talk about how do we want uh, our children? You know, like dinner time, yes. we are trying to practice like no phone on the table. Yes. Uh, we eat together. Yes. Elian eats with us. Everyone, right? So you, so practice to practice no phones at the dinner table. No phones. You, you know, it's so interesting when I see people. To be present in that moment. Yes, to be present. That's the best present, right? Yes. And it was interesting that, um, you know, when... When we have this heightened measure and it's back to two people yes. dining, I was like, great, at least nobody will be left out in a conversation. And yes. then, you know. But then I went to I went to a restaurant and I see this couple. They're both on their phone playing games. And they have their right hand stretched out, holding hands, mm. but both of them were playing games. And so I'm present like, physically, connected <laughs> physically. But in the Cyberly real, in, in, in that presence, totally not connected. Yeah. And I was like, wow, is, it, is this the new age dating, you know? Like, well, I, hate not, I hate it. I hate so, it. So, you know, like everyone hates texting me because I, 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 people who text me feel that I'm very aloof over oh messaging. Oh my God. Do you relate to that? I am not texty. <laughs> me too. I am not texty. And I'd rather have yeah, a real conversation. Absolutely. And then I've gotten this, I've gotten this feedback that... Um, you know, there could be a lot of text. And then I don't say anything in response because <laughs> I would rather have that conversation. Absolutely. And I missed that, you know? Okay, this is racing and yeah. it, it cannot travel quickly enough to hear where it goes like this. And then I'd rather just acknowledge the messages and then we'll have the in-depth conversation mm. later. Mm. I am just not texty. <laughs> I'm not. And then I'd rather be present in that moment physically yes. as opposed to over text. Okay. Yeah. I, I always say like if you need me urgently, yeah, yeah. you really So I wanted to say that yes. um I, I carry a knife around because I'm an outdoorsy person mm-hmm. and I carry an EDC, which is an everyday carry. It's a it's a, like a pocket knife. Okay. And it has a little hole for you to do this. Mm. But on it, if you look at the engraving, 
Oh. It, it's a reminder for me to live in the moment. And nice. someone told me that, that I had to live in the moment. I think I am living in the moment, but maybe not quite how you would like to. Other people would prefer. Ah, or maybe you are living too much in the moment. I don't know. But I think that's the best gift to give to anybody. Right. So what would you be your message to everybody, anyone who's listening? You have one life. For goodness sake, live it. <laughs> YOLO. Live it. No regrets, you know. Don't. I'm an overthinker. I told you, I always, you know, I internalize a lot of things. I I don't seem like an introvert. It is something that I can, there's this thing called an ambivert where you're, mm. you're both and it is very situational. I can turn it on, I can turn it off. But I like going into myself. I have a lot of uh, thoughts, something called permutations, mm-hmm. how different things could turn out and so on and so forth. But why not make full use of that time while you are here, mm-hmm. live life with no regrets. I mean, I'm not saying do foolish things. Give it some thought and if it's within your purview and, and within your capability, hey, why not be happy? Isn't that what we're chasing? Ultimately, to be happy. And when we're happy, people around us are happy and then it's going to radiate. Mm, the energy, right? the yes. law of attraction. So that's why we have this pursuit of happiness and that's why you should live life with no regrets and live life with no regrets. Yeah, come on a hike with me. I will, definitely. And maybe I should go to Germany or whatever hiking come. overseas trip. <laughs> I can already foresee it's going to be an amazing trip. Whatever hike, I don't mind. Just as long as you don't get me involved in any night haunting scary height with Eugene Yo, we didn't, and we, you we didn't speak about that so I'm a co-host <laughs> on Supernatural Confessions as well I know. and my position on that show very debatable because I come from a history heritage flora fauna oh. uh, perspective and it is why is it that we always have to fall back towards the supernatural immediately mm. it could be this it could be that maybe mm. the possibilities and then if I cannot explain it any other way <laughs> okay. then I will hand it over to the boys and go you know what I can't explain this. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, yes. So for COVID uh, departed, yes. uh, for Muslims, you can actually go for a barrier. Yeah. yeah. So they would double bag. Yes. And there will be there just some, there are some precautions that correct. have to be taken and certain procedures that have correct. to be followed. Yes. yes. These are new times for us. Yeah. You know, let us roll with the punches, still continuing to land on our feet and making the best of every opportunity that life throws at yes. us. And I said opportunities. I did not use a negative connotation to <laughs> To anything and that should tell you how I view life. Yes. Opportunities that is meant. Live life with no regrets and live life with no regrets. Salute. Salute. Death has always been a certainty. That's what I like about Anjali. It has to be a celebration. Endless topics that we can talk about. Whatever you leave behind, that's the impact that you leave on.